0: Emo, our podcast where we talk about our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I said that differently this time. I don't really know what happened, but anyway, I had a nice uh, yeah, it was good. It <laughs> so, felt good. Just got in a habit, broke it. Uh, today we are talking about the gigantically successful fallout boy, sophomore pretty, album. pretty successful, fairly to very successful entitled from under the cork tree. Let's do it. Uh, I did the research for this one. Uh, Release date May 3rd, 2005. Label Island Records. Uh, obviously, we know the guys in the band. We have talked about Fallout Boy before, talked about Take This to Your Grave on a previous episode, which you cannot find right now because uh, we're in a copyright dispute with uh, their label. <laughs> um, they're wrong, though. They, they have fair are wrong. use here. So we'll see if this one gets memory hold as well. But uh, Also, their loss. Yeah, they're lost. That's what I was trying to say. Come on. We're just heaping praise just, upon the records. All we're gonna do is
1: jack up those those numbers, man. Those yeah. record sales.
0: They're gonna sell some records and you know, I guess they don't want that. So uh, producer Neil Avron, who initially turned the job down, by the way. Um, mm. his quote was when I first heard the demos, I wasn't blown away. But <laughs> <A&R...
1: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I just such a Oh God, yikes. I love it. Uh, Ouch. Um, why is it that that's always that, a good sign when you have to beg a producer to do your record? You know, also, it's, you know, things are going well.
2: That, that's like <laughs> a totally valid, nor- you know, like you have a
0: normal comment, but why right. does it hurt more than you suck? Like,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean,
0: I guess it's yeah, so weird. Just not blown away by this. I've never, we've never dealt with this, I guess, uh, or at least I haven't. And I, I suppose there is a bit of like courtship that goes into trying sure. to get the producer. And yeah. Neil Avron's successful at this point. He's done Ocean Avenue and some other really big albums. And so, um, you know, I'm sure you're getting pitched like a million things. And he, uh, to be fair, maybe those demos didn't include any of the hit songs. You know what I mean? I can yeah. see why you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Um, but I think he, <laughs> I'm going to guess he does not regret taking the job eventually because uh, this album he makes him... Money some some scratch if he was getting points which you know you would think you would um so yeah neil avron great producer one of my favorite engineers um and he did this record so here are some facts about the album um again wikipedia not as helpful but i did find obviously way more articles about this album than some of the other albums we do just because the nature of people were excited about it um and sophomore album a little easier to get on people's radar when you had a fairly successful first album than it is when you're just an unknown person. Uh, But here's some fun facts, some of which I just did myself. There are 115 words in the titles alone. Ugh. That is... Nearly eleven per song if you average that out, compared to Futures, the last uh, album we did on this podcast, it had nineteen total words in the titles, or (laughs) one point seven two per song title. Uh, This only matters because it's just a stupid thing, and I hated that I had to type all of these lyrics out so that I can read out the song titles when we play the clips. So that's just more of a personal vendetta that I have (laughs) right now against these song titles because I'm gonna not. There's no way I'm gonna say I'm all right. Because I literally can't see the full... T- I'm on right. I've got Spotify up in front of me and I cannot see the full titles um, at full width on my browser. So that's kind of kind of silly. Um, not really an important fact of the album. 2.5 million US cells, 7 million worldwide. That is a lot of records. A lot of guacamole. In, uh, that's a lot of records all the time. And in 2005... You know, at sort of the, I don't know if we're at the peak of, we're, we're at the peak of illegal downloading, right? I mean, that's oh, pretty yeah. much the yeah. top of the mountain, uh, 2005. And you're still seven, selling seven 7 million copies for yeah. a punk rock band from Chicago. That's uh, That's legit. I honestly did not, I knew this album sold a lot of records. I didn't know it sold 7 million worldwide. That's a lot. Um, and by the way, take this to your grave sold 200,000 total. So that's a big leap. We've, uh, they basically blew that out of the water, uh, in week and when they like week one, like easy on this one. So, uh, they were quoted. Wentz said, we knew that if we didn't change between take this to your grave and the next record, we probably never would. And so they kind of took it as an opportunity to, uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like they shifted Insane amounts But they did go Okay w- What do we want to do That's ourselves Um Because I think you could say That the first record Had some great songs But it wasn't terrible There wasn't anything about Take this to your grave In my opinion That set them Way apart from other Like pop Pop punk bands um, Totally In the genre Whereas this record Get a lot more of Um Their influence On you know From other genres You know Obviously Stump is clearly influenced by stuff like motown and a lot of stuff like that and to kind of get that influence in here so they basically just said hey we're gonna we this is the time to do this we don't want to get pigeonholed into something we don't want to be for forever um and so they kind of did that so midway through so they're midway throughout uh production on this they recorded out in california in february of 2005 this is something i did not know obviously i liked Fall Out boy i didn't pay attention to the personal drama i guess wince attempted suicide uh so he spent a week in the hospital and then moved back with his parents in chicago and eventually returned back to burbank uh to continue work on the album so you know there's some lyrics on here that are (laughs) uh i would have said that they were being um without that context i would have thought they were a little bit uh, I can't think of the right word, but almost like insensitive, almost mm. in a way. But, you know, then with that story, you go like, okay, it makes a little bit more sense now. But um, obviously, that's a pretty dark thing to go through, I would imagine, but came that's out right. on the other side, and then um, his penis ended up all over the internet. So, well, yeah, I don't know. You know that's put that out there. Um, but literally, put that out there. Um, so, that specific incident leads to the lyrics for Seven Minutes in Heaven, which uh, halfway through the record just specifically. Um, I think most of the record was already written at that point, but that is one that he cited as that. Um, It actually released a kind of a slow start as far as like, it's not like it came out the gate uh, swinging with that, but then that video for Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging, uh, or Sugar, We're Going Down uh, came out, and which was just a weird video with the guy with the antlers and stuff. But it was constantly playing on... Whatever channels were playing music videos at that point, um, Fuse, MTV, the Ocho, whatever version of MTV actually It was actually definitely on videos. MTV. Uh, you know, yeah, it was all uh, the time.
1: Uh, request Total Request Live, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, show? yeah. Yep. They, uh,
0: yeah, they end up on TRL, um, and I mean, it just blew them up. By August, it was gold. So it comes out in uh, in May. Uh, no respectable start, but then, um, by August it's gold by September, it's platinum. And then it just keeps going from there. So, um, that single is a big deal for them, I would say. <laughs> and I would say, And I would say they, uh, are glad that one made it on the record. Um, that's kind of my facts. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot of like interesting production notes or anything, uh, about the record that I found that was worth, Yapping about uh, as much as I like yapping about that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know they had a good producer, wrote some good songs, went to studio, got it done. I mean that's how you are supposed to do it. Um, so obviously this is their, it's their first major label debut too. So they you know previous was fueled by ramen and right. Right, yep. right. Right, fueled by ramen, but they had kind of the deal that you get back then, where it's like we get the option to do the next record, and Island did go ahead and do that record and uh, made lots of money. So good for them. Uh, let's go to first impressions. Let's just talk about what our thoughts are. Or if, you know, if we can get back in our mental state from two thousand five, Kyle. Let's go to you first. What are your What were your first impressions back in the day?
2: So I think I got this screwed up on the last one, and I think you told me I got it wrong, but I think you, and I, were, do that. I think you and I were in New Mexico playing at the time. I That's possible, quite possible. That at least possible. around the time. And then we went and bought the record, and I was annoyed by Pete Wentz. Um, I, liked, I liked Fallout Boy. I liked Take This to Your Grave. I liked it. Uh, but I was apprehensive and what's it's weird to me because I feel like there was just so much hype around them, even though I know this record was huge. It's like, I feel like the hype machine was already, you know, in full effect before this thing came out. And, uh, so I was kind of like apprehensive and I thought that you and Steve made me listen to it. Like, just listen to it. It's going to be good. And then I heard, I remember hearing sugar, were going down. It's like, Okay, well, that's a pretty excellent. There song. it is,
0: <laughs> man. That's a that's a good one. Uh, good opportunity to talk about is I would think you'd be enthusiastic about a bass player kind of being the spokesperson for a it's band. It's not that not.
2: it's the thing we talked about last time. I think it's so pretentious that he's like, uh, bass player and lyricist. I'm the lyricist. Like, yeah, no one else says that. Even yeah, the head songwriter doesn't say, yeah, I write the songs. Oh, and I write the lyrics.
0: Yeah. Like, okay, do you think, who cares? But do you think it's because Patrick had no desire to be the spokesperson for the band? Like, he didn't want to be the traditional lead singer. And so Pete's like, I can be that guy. And that's just the question you're going to get asked all the time is, like, they know he's lyric lyricist. So it, it does make me wonder if it's, like, a cycle. and But I don't know. I'm just trying well, to defend maybe, the guy. Maybe. But I don't and
2: also, I think, I, I mean... Clearly, they knew what they were doing, right? Because oh, they yeah, they, they got gigantic. Yeah. I mean, Pete Pete is. I mean, I I I have heard a lot of great stories about the guy. He's clearly charming, handsome dude. Like they knew what they were doing in the way that they He's marketed them. Very smart. Yeah. did it just did not work on me. That's but, okay.
0: You were and, probably
2: and he got loaded the on target. the uh, on the panic record. <laughs> just made money out his ears yeah if someone's one. gonna rip you off you might as well make <laughs> the money yeah. off of it that's kind of my opinion um, But but i was apprehensive because of all that because i just i i feel like that's i don't know maybe i'm old-fashioned in that like when you're a band you're a band you guys all make the music and you know that that you guys know that like i i'm a songwriter i always wrote all the songs and i still feel that way you know what i mean
0: yeah right? and i i uh, here's where i was gonna I was playing Devil's Advocate for sure, and taking a side. But I just remembered that on the re-release of "Take This to Your Grave," they rearranged the names on the album oh, cover yeah. to Damn. be him up front instead yeah. of instead of the order that the pictures in, which is he what it originally a long time was. About that, yeah. and yeah, and so I I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about. We talked about that on the last episode, and that's clearly an ego move. There's no yeah. other. There's no other reason to do that other than I am more important than the other members of this band. Yeah, And to be fair, maybe he is, but I, I'm i with you. I would not do that myself, but uh, I feel like you're right. That All of these decisions made them way more money and popularity than um, they would have had if they didn't make those decisions. So I can't begrudge them. Also, I don't know. I mean, there's no other time.
2: I see fit for us to talk about this in the podcast so I'll throw it out there now. But do you guys remember how much like along with the hype there was a lot of there was a there was there were legends about this record being made and I had just kind of around this time familiarized myself with some labels and the processes in which some bigger bands make albums. And in case people don't know this, there are albums that you love with studio musicians on them and I remember <laughs> Right. lots of rumors about this record.
1: <laughs> we had yes, and you know I, I remember they played I think it was the MTV Music Awards and they like played outside uh-huh. right after this and it was horrible. <laughs> They're it not good live. It sounded so bad. And They're it, not good I, but, live. It all, but it but it lended credence to that theory which was like yeah. did these guys really play Well the story on the was that
2: that Patrick was the only one that played on the record. Now, I believe that. And, I actually and, do believe that. Yeah. That and also, be, yeah. I, I feel like I have to say this because it sounds like I'm talking crap. Now I would tell anyone who cares, right? Like, sorry, if, Patrick if, and Andy. Like, but it, but yeah. yeah. Isn't Patrick that and weird?
1: Yeah. Now yeah. i would be like, oh, like you couldn't play the record. So Patrick played it all and you that's made a great normal. record. Great. That's,
0: yeah. That's that's what people do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I mean,
0: to be completely there's always a guy like that in a band. Totally. Almost all the time. Uh, in Chris and I's band, it was our lead singer, Danny. He was the musical kind of nut i mean for lack of a better word he just had these things in his head and yeah if you were paying for studio time i don't have time for you to teach me money. the thing and then you yeah. play it you just play it like i'll yep. learn it for the live shows it doesn't care i mean i don't care it doesn't matter yeah. um but i can see why that would be a punch to the gut if you're the other guys that aren't playing on the record i mean i get yeah. that that's I get it. There's there's always egos involved and you want to be on the record. I mean, I I personally love recording. Some people don't. Uh some people really don't have the patience for it and don't like it. And so I would definitely believe that Patrick played most of the instruments on the record. That would not shock me cuz he's the guy that's sitting on GarageBand writing all these songs. Like he's right, the yeah. one that arranges all this stuff. Um, and they, they openly talk about that. So it makes sense that he would play a bunch on it. And yeah, I've seen them live and they are not, well, I'm sorry. I've seen them play Letterman live. I've not seen them actually, like I was at the taping. I've not seen like an actual honest to goodness rock show of them. Oddly enough. Um, but I've never heard anything great. Like, I don't think they're, I think they put more into the show, into the moving yeah. around thing than they did to playing their instruments. well. Um, which is fine that was i think also a decision they made um but anyway chris what are your thoughts on the first first impressions of the record back in the day
1: the hype machine was definitely revved up for <laughs> it like within the scene i i don't know if people outside of music really cared about Fallout up at that time but
0: no not remember. yet for sure but in yeah alternative thought, press and that kind of yeah, whole crowd you're right, f- for right. sure yeah
1: I don't remember, you know, we had played a few shows with the guys before they released this record and we thought they were really cool. Um, we,
0: uh, at the ranch bowl, Omaha, Nebraska, well, right. And,
1: and, and this <laughs> place called the axion in Houston and, you know, uh, uh, a mutual friend of me and Blake's well, a friend of our band, uh, Aaron from Omaha. Like, remember she kind of was yeah. like dating the guitar tech, um, uh, that, I wasn't really... around for
0: those shows, by the way.
1: No, you didn't play yeah, those shows, but you the... knew. I think you met. You knew. No, Aaron. I knew Aaron for sure. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. did.
0: I wasn't. I, th- I was clarifying that I I was oh, not right. at these shows with Fall Out Boy.
1: Right, and I mean they they seem down to earth and cool, but like it, when the album came out, I mean I probably bought it the day it came out. I I don't. I just don't remember.
2: You mean the day uh, before our twenty first birthday?
1: Right. It's true. It would have been. Yes, at my twenty-first birthday, there was a lot going on. I remember, it, like, got <laughs> uh, no, and- no,
0: no, no, no. Two thousand five.
2: You guys are older oh, than that. No, yeah. no it's our twenty-first birthday, Blake. Oh, <laughs> are you now lying about your age <laughs> no. on the podcast? No, I'm <laughs> lying about my math
3: abilities. <laughs> <so. Okay. laughs> Edit all That's this out. <laughs> Show- <laughs> I was like, um, wait
1: a minute. I was twenty-two. But we were also getting ramped up for our like our little moment where we were actually doing stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, we went. So I, I don't, I just don't think my mind was on anything other than just like writing songs, practicing, doing shows. So I just don't remember. But I do remember, like, hearing the very first song and thinking it was like pretty good. And I don't really remember anything else. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember I really liked the bass tone to the point where I, I brought the record with me to. Um, california and i and i kind of no we were done this song we were done
0: yeah we released the ep a month after this that's probably why you don't remember is because we were trying to get ready to release a record ourselves okay
1: well that makes (laughs) sense yeah because i barely remember i just remember really liking i do know that i liked beat pete's bass tone um it was great on this record, well, not Pete, but he probably did. Whoever, to, uh, <laughs> yeah. whoever may have played it. Hey, I'm just it gonna on the sit record. here and play four chords every. Yeah, do nothing interesting for the whole album, but uh, yeah, well, make it sound cool. Okay, sans amp, cool. So I, I mean, I'm kind of in. I, I
0: similar, similarly, cannot remember like the day the record came out. I remember bits and pieces of like I remember listening to it, driving through my old neighborhood and stuff. Like I, I have some specific memories about that, but. I think we pro- yeah we were in the depth of like we were releasing an EP like one month after this came out. So I'm sure we were like heads down uh, trying to get ready for that. Um, I mean, I think that the first thing I remember talking to you about, Chris, was... I think Neil Avron said, Andy, you've got to stop playing so much on this record. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a great drummer, but he it, the fills it's, were a little too over the top on Take This to Your club. Grave. Yep. And they're great on this record. Like every yeah. fill is great. Every drum part is great. Like, I really love it. And it's not that it's like he was bad at the fills. He's like I said, he's a great drummer, but it can be too much. Like you don't always right. have to play at 100% of the speed and the and the ability that you can do. Sometimes it's nice to sit back a little bit, which I think he did and I think that makes a huge difference on letting the melodies shine a little bit more, which right. they are very very good at. Like so and that's also, you know, drum parts, you know, I love drum I love a good drummer as so much as the next guy. I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of great drummers and I never take them for granted, but I also know that a a drummer can very easily distract from the other more important things in a song, which to me, the drums are never the most important part of a song almost ever. Um, and that's okay. So I feel like that was the first thing I noticed was like, Hey, they he simplified his playing enough for it to be like interesting, but not taking my focus away from everything else that's going on. Um, and I, I, we oh, we almost never talk about these records before we get on this podcast, but right. Kyle did text one thing that he didn't like the guitar tones on this record. I actually think they're cool in no, the sense that they went all drum grunge. sounds. Oh, I like the drum guitar. sounds. I love okay. the guitar tones. I misunderstood then. Sorry. No, no, uh, no, no. The
2: the drum the drum sounds. I feel like I feel like they sound kind of small considering how much I'm sure went into this record.
0: Well, I think they kind of have to when you kinda make flat. the guitars be that grungy because yeah, I mean, then the guitars true. are kind of straight up. 90s grunge sounding, but then yep. playing punk rock parts. Um, and I think it's an interesting decision because Neil Avron is normally like most of his records sound like pristine, yeah, more polished mm-hmm. for sure, like super polished. And the I think he's kind of another one of those guys that does great rock guitars. Like we talked about Gil Norton on the Futures mm-hmm. episode and other ones. I think Neil Avron is also really good, and Neil Avron's just like a great engineer, like I've mentioned before, he did. Uh, Wallflower's Bring Down the Horse, which is one of my favorite records, uh, but also sonically, it's just fantastic. Like, I mean, put it in headphones. It sounds amazing. And he was the engineer on that record, not the producer. But um, anyway, I I think that it's an interesting decision as the band and and to kind of go like, no, we don't want to sound just like, because like, Ocean Avenue sounds phenomenal, right? I mean, that record sounds so good. It's almost like too perfect. I'm not dogging on it or anything like that. No, But I like that they were kind of like, no, we want to be a little more grimy. And I think it was a good decision because I think it gave them some credibility, oddly enough. Uh, You know how everyone just calls you a sellout the second you make a record that sounds like a million bucks. And this record sounds really good, but it doesn't sound... Uh, like it's overproduced, and yep, I think that right. was the right decision, and I well, think it was on purpose. I don't and, think that well, they accidentally did that. That's what I was going to say. I think you're totally
2: right. I think I do believe because it's Neil that it was a decision. Guys like that don't yeah. like make accidents. <laughs> that's premeditated, accidents. right? Yeah, not like, an accident. Yeah, he, 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 this
0: is how they wanted it to sound. Definitely, yeah. And uh <laughs> and so I liked it. I mean, I thought basically the songwriting got better. I really I think oh, yeah. that basically from Take This to Your Grave to this uh they wrote some better songs, I mean some really great songs. And then and then just dialed back or, well, dialed back some of the playing. It's not as busy, it's not as frantic. It feels a little bit more structured and they also dialed up the like not Musicianship's not the right thing But they like Figured out like Oh we can like Be more dramatic Dynamically If we don't play all the time And we're not just going 100 miles an hour Cause take this to your grave Is like 100 miles an hour The whole time <laughs> You know, yeah. and uh, it kind of slows down in a couple little spots. And this one has way more nuances, even just in in the songs themselves, but definitely as a whole album. So I think they just improved as a band, which is what you're supposed to do. And uh, and they just happen to make a really good sophomore record. And I think it basically deserves all the success it had. And I think that they did exactly what they needed to do for their second record. And so kudos for all the right things happening. Um, and you know, it's like, how close are you to that not happening? Because Pete tries to kill himself. You know, it's like, right? You just go like, the whole what if machine is kind of crazy there. If you go, what happens if in the middle of the record your spokesperson for the band, the face of the band, is dead? I don't know. Just like it could have gone a totally different direction. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that didn't work out the way he was trying to make it work out. Mm. But, um, and then in my opinion this record there are so many bands that don't exist if this record doesn't exist
1: so for that
0: alone uh it's impressive uh
1: absolutely yeah spawned uh, a whole genre Um, yeah i mean
0: like panic of the disco is obviously one of them the main Mm -hmm. five seconds of summer any of those kind of bands that really kind of blurred the lines more between like what's pop what's punk what's rock like and not in a I don't like all those bands that I just listed. I think they're all lesser imitations of what right. Fall Out Boy was doing, but uh, they certainly don't have careers without, because Fall Out Boy kind of shifted what was um, kind of the blink way to owning what came before. I kind of feel like if that, well, don't you think that's yeah, fair?
1: Absolutely. And it, there's nothing more frustrating than getting compared to a band and you're like, actually, uh, we might be a, might have been a band longer than them, like getting compared oh, yeah. to Fall to Fall Out Boy I was like I. They're not like new, or they're not an old band. Getting compared to Green Day or Blink way Two, at least those bands started in the nineties. But right, yeah, right. but that was they were they were like the the you know instead of an adhesive strip, it's a band aid. They were like the the you know the faces of pop punk. Everybody was getting compared to them.
0: And this album becomes kind of the poster child of the emo kind of thing. That label because of the titles and the lyrics I think mostly I mean that's really where it all comes down from uh, but I yeah, also think they, a, a lead singer that can sing
2: yeah you oh, know
3: yeah I so mean well.
2: that that was a game changer and what's what was weird to me what's weird about their influence is that it was instant. Like we instantly had bands that sounded I mean, you're talking about within panic. months. We, yeah, <laughs> we instantly had bands right. that sounded like Fallout Boy. And I feel like the other bands, you know, you could tell when a band was influenced by Blink one eighty two and Green Day, but like it it I guess it took longer and they were it nobody was like I guess nobody wanted a another Blink one eighty two
0: or or another Green Day. It well, seemed like people wanted more of this. I might be miss. This might be anecdotal and not me misremembering things or something, but I feel like there were more bands that already existed. And when blink Two blew up, it was kind of like, who is, who else is a band that sounds yep. like this? And right. they went yeah. and snatched was like
1: they up, just attached rockets to yeah, all those bands. But all yeah. those
0: bands existed. They were already doing right. their thing. Yes. Yeah. They were in the same genre, but they weren't. And they might've been influenced by blink way too, but like, it's not like they were like, they heard it into the state and went and created a band yep. that then became the next punk rock. Whereas I feel like post this album, there were bands that were not bands before and all of a sudden, like Panic the totally. Disco did not exist until this record was written and recorded and then they were like, that's what we want to well, do.
2: And I mean, Panic is the easy one. I feel like, dude, I really feel like they strongly influenced All
0: Time Low, especially oh, definitely. the early stuff. definitely, definitely. Like, just yes. big yes. time, so... And so, which is fine. I mean, like, I'm not, you know, we were always writing a record when Jimmy at World just came out with a record. So, guess what we sounded like? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and it's just kind of the natural thing that happens sometimes. You're not even trying to emulate them or copy. You're just like, that's what you're listening to all the time. If you're writing music and recording, you're going to be influenced by the influence stuff you listen you. to all Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I just think it was a, a pretty big uh, I I could tell that it was a big deal. I don't. I remember liking it a lot. I don't remember being like I was never I always really liked Fallout Boy, but I was not like at the fandom level. Like I said, I've not seen him live. It's not like me with Jimmy World or other bands that I just like, you know, am just waiting. I can't you know, it's like just spinning the album over and over and over again. I'm sure I did spin this a lot back then, but um like I said, I don't really remember like buying it at the store and popping it in the C D player the first time. But um, but it's a good record. I mean, that was—I know my first impression was that because I don't know how it couldn't be, <laughs> if you if you were paying attention to this back then. So um, let's jump to track by track. Then uh, let's just get right into it since we've got all these titles that I've got to read out. Um, good luck, Blake. First one: Our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued. Here we go. So a couple of fun facts. Uh, I did look it up cause at first I was like, did they just write this title without actually having a lawyer tell them they did. The original title really was, my name is David Ruffin and these are the temptations. <laughs> and they were like, "Nope, do, don't, de- don't do it. <laughs> and so they really did have to change the name of the title. Um, and, uh, as much as I would have maybe said a couple weeks ago when we were supposed to record this episode, but we keep getting delayed. Um, I would have said, like, I don't love it as a first track, but it was mm-hmm. in my head all weekend on repeat at the <laughs> lake. I just, yeah. like, that clip was just looping over and over in my head. So there's something about it that, uh, that I'm into. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It doesn't blow me out of the water still, but it was in my head all weekend. So what do you think, Kyle? Opening I love track. it. I think it's it. great.
2: Um, I, I love the line, only liars, but we're the best. And yeah. I, lo- I really love that, uh, what, one of the things listen, re-listening to this record, I'll probably mention a lot, is whether it was a studio musician or whether it was um, what's the rhythm guitarist's name? Uh, I just Joe. totally forgot. Joe, Joe. Trulio, yeah. Trulio, Trul- 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 something. Trul- anyway, uh, Joe Joe <laughs> Truman. T. Truman, Joey T. Joey T. Um, so there are a ton of second guitar parts on this record that are really cool, and yeah. I love that driving. On this one, you've got. It's such a poppy kind of you know bob your head song, and I love that driving uh, secondary guitar part that's kind of going the whole time. I, I think it's awesome.
0: Great. Yeah, that, I think kind it's of triplet a triplet thing.
2: Nah, nah, yeah, I nah, 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 love nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's cool. and, and I think I think it's I think it's a good opening track.
0: Um, I'm into it. So, but the drums are a great example of what I was talking about. Oh, totally, dude. He would have been doing fills between all of those lyric lines in the chorus on "Take This Year Your Grave," and I like that they were just like, nope, you're gonna play this simple beat, and it's gonna be better. It's gonna make everything stand out a lot more. Chris, what are your thoughts on the first track?
1: I loved it. A good opening track. Anytime you start a song with brothers and sisters, you've already won the <laughs> yeah. It's just a yeah. great opening thing. Little,
0: little uh, borrowing from Neil Diamond, definitely. Right, right. Uh, Which is a good guy to uh, borrow from. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're borrow gonna borrow, with. borrow from Neil Diamond. Smart move.
1: And it's got this, like, it had this, like. It had a very odd strong song structure that I thought was really, you know, when I first heard, I was like, wait, was that the verse? That was it. It's like so fast, but it's like a verse pre-chorus chorus, chorus, but just like, you know, oozing with hooks. Fantastic. I don't know about the camera clicks. I thought that was a little pretentious, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Well, here's a good point though, that I wanted to bring up. And, I, well, maybe it's not a good point, but it's it. <laughs> Here's a good dude, point I'm about we'll to Sorry. It might not be a good point. It's you relevant. should be a lawyer. Oh, a, I'm about to
1: end this case. Let me just
0: give it a second. It's a relevant point to that that note. I I think that they deliberately took a page out of hip hop's book, like oh, on purpose, absolutely. and said that's what we're gonna go for. Like having that level of ego. And yep. and that kind of thing, because that was all, you know, hip hop and has always been about, you know, spitting lyrics about being on private jets when you don't have an album yet. And all of a sudden you're doing the math. You're like, wait a minute. He wasn't rich. He made this yeah. record before he was successful. But it's all about like the kind of hype machine and hyping yourself right. up. And I feel like. The lyrics here are kind of like that, but they're still tongue-in-cheek enough because it says we're only good because you have almost famous
1: friends. I know. So it is kind of like – But it's, that's what pisses me off. is that He always got to play the aw shucks card, but also like the super ego card, and he just right. did, and he pulled it off, and it's it, it was amazing. Yeah, but they
0: did. I mean that's the thing. Yeah. I, and I think it was all on purpose, and I – All planned. It's pretty smart, uh, and it worked pretty well for him. So I mean that's a, those are two lyrics that are very – sort of intertwined with each other and when it's when it's Pete writing the lyrics and being the face of the band in most interviews and all that kind of stuff it's a one man operation pr operation essentially it's kind of smart i in hindsight i i i did not give enough credit to people that did that kind of stuff like the smart marketing of being in a band i just mm-hmm. didn't i was just all about the grind <laughs> essentially and like Handing flyers and like, you know, like slinging CDs after the show and all this stuff. And like, I probably could have let loose and done a little more stick. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it probably wouldn't have killed anyone and wouldn't have been selling out and it might have sold some more records. <laughs> but I was stubborn and uh, Pete was smarter than I was. So mm-hmm. therefore, he sold seven, seven million records and I did not. Um, yeah, let's go to uh, track two, slightly shorter. Uh, of all the gin joints in all the world.
3: We're
0: Uh, what are your thoughts on track two of all the gin joints in all the world?
2: Well, you know how much I like a good whoa. Uh, so who doesn't? I mean, you, they they got that going for them. I'm man, I'm going to talk about the guitars again, uh, and also it, it bums me out because I also I've not seen them live, and I I like their music quite a bit. So it bums me out that they are not great live because. One of the things I really appreciate about appreciated about this record in hindsight while listening to it the last few weeks was like, man, there really are. They could there's two guitar parts going on and they're both great and they could put like it's not just insane with stacks and tracks like they could play that
0: live. And so uh, it's unfortunate that maybe they can't. <laughs> yeah they're just jumping around stage too much i mean yeah. that's really what it boils down to you can't play those parts and be flailing around the stage it's kind of hard and singing and all this stuff you know yeah. all of those things uh chris where are you at on track two
1: this this one was stuck in my head all week the oh, 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 oh. i mean i just yeah and i, I it's love a really the, good song god yeah and the uh that 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 kind of drum shuffle thing going on with the guitar stops it just it's great second track too like it it comes out of that first one into this song and um yeah bam bam so i'm I'm super into it another another funny title too title
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's a it's a really good second track i mean i i like i said i didn't dislike the opening track they're just it didn't totally grab me, but the second track mm-hmm. I'm in, like it's,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's like, we're, it's like an escalation happening here. Yeah, for sure. Oh
0: yeah. It's definitely <laughs> escalating <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a good song and I feel like there's really nothing I would complain about in this song. Like it's, it's yeah. well done. Well, instrumented, great song, great melodies, woe I mean, it's got lots of stuff to sing along with and they're just really good at coming up with parts that are sing alongable,
1: sing alongable, uh, Adjective,
0: we're gonna say I yes. Sing- decide- I
1: think we've decided it is okay. Yeah.
0: That's fine. Um, the shortest title, or well, I mean, or at least tied for shortest title, uh, Dance Dance, track three. Let's do it. Track second single, I'm pretty sure. Chris, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I've always hated this song. Are you serious? Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I've always hated this song. I'm so sorry. Anyone who likes it. I would not have gone to you first if I would have known that. <laughs> no, uh, that's
0: interesting. I had no idea.
1: I think it's the falsetto and just the word day it's being repeated so many times. It's just always hit me wrong. I mean, I don't turn it off when it comes on, but I, I just I'm always cringing a little bit just just rubs me wrong um and and when I like look at it like as a you know, as a former songwriter and as a musician and the fact that it's very popular like I cannot figure out why it hits me weird I, I just can't it, it I don't like that they go minor on the third song like it's like a kind of a minor darker sound yeah um and and at the falsetto and, and even that part you played I was like that's a great guitar part why does this annoy me so much
2: are you um, mad because he's singing about Falling apart to halftime, but not playing halftime. Yeah, I do feel so like they that's always something there.
1: That that, that, <laughs> did, that pisses me off too. But yes, that because I mean I know halftime is a is a, a, a musical term, um, but it, it, it this is yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would have gone
0: to halftime if I say the word halftime. Same.
1: Right, um, right. That would have been a very repeat thing to do. I don't know why I keep apologizing. I don't, I'm not sorry. I don't no, like no, this you can song. have any opinion you want yeah. to. you're it's right. It's interesting, though, Chris, because <laughs> this is like... I'm about to state the correct opinion. Hold So
0: <laughs> Yeah, here's a good point. Um, no, I, well, that's interesting that you feel that way. I mean, I do... I get your points about like going to the kind of minor song and the third song. It feels kind of weird, especially after the last one, but like placement maybe wise, but... Um, what's funny is that in not, I don't think you did this at all, but like our, your song eat your heart out is similar to this song in the sense that it's in a minor key. It's got a baseline intro, you know, like no one would be like, they've, you ripped anyone off, but it's just interesting that like you wrote it's got some a song elements. for our band that had a lot of the same markers yeah. and was the, was one of the songs that. People liked a lot in our band, so it's interesting that like this song that's very much in that vein, uh, you were not into
1: <laughs> that one. But that's fine. It's closer to halftime, actually.
0: <laughs> it is. We actually might have played halftime in there, but we didn't have the lyrics, so it doesn't make it as cool. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Dance Dance? So, uh, spoilers. Um, I
2: I hated this song when it first oh came my out. God. Um, but but I love it now, okay. and so you know like. No, uh, I, I, I I mean, actually, I think I grew, I think it grew on me pretty quick, but I hated it when it first came out. I was like, no, I do not like this. (laughs) And it was like green eggs and ham, you know, like, no, Uh, no, and (laughs) I do not like this. Um, and now I'm like, man, I mean, even the things that Chris mentioned, the freaking the guitar part on the verse is insane. Um, I mean, it's so awesome. I mean, I, it does piss me off that they don't go to halftime, but, um. But no, I, I think it's a great song.
0: I think the chord progressions alone in this song are are great. Like, you could just take away everything else. I think he, this is really where I go like, oh, he's got some, like, he, interesting chops. This isn't just mm-hmm. him, like, playing bar chords. Yeah. Uh, kind of pop punk. It's, like, got really interesting chord structure stuff going on in it. And, um, and I think it was the first one that I, you know, heard and was like, Oh, like that's like a complicated song uh, in and I don't I have no problem with simple songs like at all. Like I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, that's too rudimentary. Like, I think a simple pop song is the hardest thing to write. I think you love Baby Shark. Love it. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's. To be able to write a good pop song that's also got some cool, complicated stuff going on that like on a second and third and 20th listen, you're like catching things that are cool about it. Um, yeah. yeah, I was never on the hate this song train for sure. I mean, I might have <laughs> reluctantly hated that I loved it, but, you know, because it was just so um, God, just dripping with you just knew when you heard this song, like they're going to make so much money. Like you just knew it was going to before it was a single, you knew it was going to make them money. Like yep. I remember thinking that, like that's a great song. It's definitely going it to be a single. the second single? I think it was the second single. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, it, and um, it was even big, like way bigger. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. And
0: I, yeah. I tried so hard to find it, guys. Back then, Fuse used to run these commercials where <laughs> they animated. Uh, what they interpreted the lyrics of fallout boy songs to be and they had this one was called dad's dance and it was so funny i scoured the internet for it and could Uh. not find it so if you are a listener out there and can find the dad's dance parody video it's just like a 30 second or to a minute long animated video with like the lyrics bouncing across the bottom that are all wrong but it's but they're it's like bad lip reading the nfl stuff it's like It's so close to what (laughs) – because no one knows what he's saying half the time. He's not not a big enunciator on a lot of these lyrics.
3: No.
0: uh, Which I always wondered, is that because he doesn't like to enunciate while singing or was he embarrassed of some of the lyrics? (laughs) I always wondered if it was like, uh, you know, it's hard to sing lyrics that you didn't write sometimes, I feel like. but um, I've I've got it, Blake. I'm sending it to you now. You found it? How did you find it in like 30 seconds?
2: It's Reddit. That's where you got to go for stuff like this.
0: Okay, that, uh, we'll that's put always that, where you find stuff like. We'll put that, that in the show notes because it was it was they did it for that and they did it for some other songs of theirs and they were always really funny, and uh, so yeah, I really um, strongly suggest checking out that uh, link in the show notes that we'll put in there. But yeah, I think it's a great song. I was definitely not with you all, um, but uh, you weren't hating. No, I was not hating on this song. I I might have hated that it was going to make them so much money. Uh but that is more of a jealousy <laughs> thing, not of a not of a, it's it's a, not a green a eyed song. monster.
1: That's different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Well let's go to Sugar We're Going Down, the first single. Did you uh, did you hate this one too or <laughs> no? You already told us you liked
1: this one, right? Lord, no! This is an amazing song. I didn't even put any notes down. I was like, because I just I, I already you know I, I can just like speak from the heart. It's it, dude. How so, there's there there are, there are moments we we usually record. If if you didn't know or didn't guess, we usually record this podcast late at night, and there are times where we do an album or, or hear a song clip, and then I'm like vibrating the rest of the night after we, we get done because i <laughs> just i sleep. feel yeah i just feel like a kid again you know like a this song takes me right back to that time um and only a, an amazing song can do that uh it, it's the the drum build up like hearing it on the radio the first time it's like it's just a perfect 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 first single um the background vocals in the chorus that we were we the lead guitar part is just so epic um, and starting off with Am I More Than You Bargain For, another just epic opening line. This is a freaking this is a tune for the ages. There's not a wasted second of this song. Like, <laughs> That's a good way to put it, yeah.
0: Every <laughs> every melody is amazing. All the yep. guitar parts are cool. The, the You could kind of hear it, especially if you've got headphones on, those kind of guitar parts in the verses uh, oh, when he's singing over the so uh, cool. line of the grass next to the mausoleum. There's really cool parts going on, and that drum part is is as close as I would put that in the look, this is, it's very much walk this way ish in the sense that like you can play that drum part and everyone knows what's coming. Like, you know, you could literally hear just the kick on this song and you you know what song it was like, it's completely identifiable. And again, like that's better than this crazy fill that like, you know, we like, but like, it's not the thing that everyone's air drumming to that opening part, right? I mean, like, how could you not? It's so great. Everything about it is so freaking good. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Um, yeah, pretty good song. Uh, this song sold me on this band. Like, I, I liked the first record, fine, uh, but this song did it, man. It was like, holy crap, this this is insane. And you're right. They don't waste a second that that freaking lead guitar during the verses. And I don't even know if you can call it lead because it's just down so quiet. Um, but it's awesome. The right? background vocals on the chorus. Um, the bass tone in uh, dude. So the, also this song pisses me off. There's something about <laughs> it that makes me so mad. Uh, oh, first, I want to say uh, I'm just a notch in your bedpost, but you're just a line in a song. Whew, Such what? a good line. <laughs> what Good, a good job, line. Pete. Way to go, Pete. Uh, and, and, and I feel like I need to build them up because I am going to tear them down later. Um, That's so, okay. That's um, a great I line. I had, same, yeah.
3: I had the same
0: note. <laughs> That's a
2: great line.
3: And this,
0: line. this song is full of great lines.
2: Yes. So what pisses me off
0: about this song
2: is they did something so that feels so unoriginal, but it was original because every single band that was playing live shows at this time ended their songs in this way live, but nobody recorded their ending that way. That yeah. you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. And like
0: with the uh, retarded yes. guitar part. Yes
2: retarded in the way that you're allowed to say it by the way yes yes yes, yes. yes. uh but like no everyone was doing that you ended all your songs like that live and they just recorded it and you know what it's set in stone that's fallout boy they 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 may as well have invented it because like that's what you think of every time now and it pisses me off because i'll never forgive them it was a brilliant (laughs) decision yeah i'll never forgive them
0: okay we got (laughs) to talk about one lyric though that just baffles me to this day so the line in the chorus. Deflection. Well, no, that I actually really like that line. Okay. And I love the, isn't it messed up, how I'm just dying to be him. Like, I love yeah. that line, too. Um, I actually really like a lot of the lyrics. But what the heck is a loaded God complex cock it and pull it? Why is that line not gun? It doesn't... It ne- Everyone thought it was gun. It was almost like he put the word God in there to... But, like... That's not a thing. Is that is a loaded god complex a thing in cock and pull? I mean, I guess I get what he's trying to do with it. It's just kind of weird, right? Am I? I wrong think he's. About mi- that?
2: I think he's just trying to do a turn of phrase. You know, I think what you're I mean? right,
0: but it's not but that. I, clever. I'm with you. It's it's harsh. It's, it's like just not, not that clever. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. like I don't know it. it I get what he's trying to say, I guess, but it was just so funny that it never even sounded like that. So everyone was singing Loaded Gun, gun. Complex. <laughs> like that's what everyone was saying. Because what else would the lyric be? He says cock it yeah. and pull it right afterwards. Um, yeah. So I get what he's trying to do, but that was a stretch for me. That was that that. was If I have a complaint about this song, it would be that lyric. Really the rest of it, I just think, is like I said, from the very beginning of it to the very end of it is well Excellent. thought out. And yep. so many great melodies, great background vocals, great guitar parts, great bass parts, great drum parts. Just really like I can't think of anything other than my slight critique of a couple lyrics that I can like even pull out of a hat to have a complaint about. It's a well, really what
2: good song. stinks is we can only blame Pete for that. It's true. He he was not like
0: <laughs> I'm the co lyricist. It's only him.
3: No, and he made, and it, the truth he made it very clear. Is,
0: and everyone else was while I may like roll my eyes at some of the lyrics here, uh, you know, like I don't love all of his stuff. I think he is super clever and has some really good stuff, but sometimes oh, he swings and misses. Um, but everyone else ate it up. I mean, it. I would say the lyrics had not as much to do with everything else going on in the songs, but they were probably just right below everything else that went in these songs. Like, I think as far as like the critical or not the critical, but like the fan reaction to it and the re and people were just eating this up. And so kudos, they did the right thing. So, um, let's go to track five. Nobody puts baby in the corner. (laughs) Kyle, let's go to you first. I have Man, a you... feeling I know what you're gonna say, but let's see if I can guess
2: it. Well, is it that you just caught the end of that flipping sweet guitar part coming in?
0: Well, I know I could. I wanted to get so much more of this song because it's really good, but. Um... Yeah, um, I did try to get that little bit there,
2: man. I always feel pressure, Blake, when you tell me you know what I'm that, that you know what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say that it kicks butt, and I love. I'll be your best kept secret and your <laughs> biggest mistake. What a freaking line!
0: Oh, sorry, I had bop. I had oh, it's a bop. Uh, it is a bop. Uh, <laughs> it is a bop. That's what I thought you were going to say. Um, yeah, I know. I, I agree with you, Chris. Where where are you at on this track?
1: Best kept secret and your biggest mistake was <laughs> definitely in my head all week, just over and over and over. Um, yeah, I. Then
0: yeah, it's hard not to get these songs stuck. Whatever in Whatever the
1: crap he says after that, uh, it's a good tune. And yeah, that guitar part is freaking sweet, man. Um, I I wrote.
2: The hand behind this pen relives a, fa- relives a failure every day, isn't that right?
1: Well, Something like yes, that. Right. Yes, right. But I,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. <sighs> nice job. Mouthful. Jeez,
0: dude. Man, yeah. I, yeah. I could not have that without the lyrics in front of me. Do you have them in front of you, Kyle? I, I'm not looking at them, I promise. Oh, man, that's wow. That's pretty good. I didn't, I honestly, a lot of time, for listening to this record, I had to look at the lyrics for a lot of the parts that I've never known what he was saying.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and they, that would be one of them. That setting um, on Spotify and Apple
0: Music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you can just read them to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I I didn't realize until doing that and Because, again, I'm the guy that pays less attention to lyrics most of the time. But, like, a lot of this record's about sex. Oh, yeah. About <laughs> uh, boning. Yeah. Nothing comes as easy oh. as you. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> that's pretty bold. Subtle. It um, might mean
2: something else.
0: Uh, yeah. But I didn't catch it until I was, like, actually looking at the lyrics. I'm like, oh, that's two different thoughts that bump up next to each other. Um, <laughs> dude, I think it's a really good song. And, in fact, it's like it's hard sugar. We're going down. It was a huge, massive single for them. It's a fantastic song. And I almost think they take it up a notch with this one. Like, I don't think I'm crazy to say that there's like amazing vocal parts going on in that mm-hmm. bridge that I played, like very, um, super creative, like, you know, Oh wait, Dude. let me try this and layer these vocals on top of each other. And it like, it's such a good chorus. I mean, that's really fun. It would be so fun to play live. Oh Dude, my at, gosh, this at, song would be fun to play At the very
2: least, just following up Sugar We're Going Down with a song that's good is impressive, in my
0: opinion. I agree. <laughs> like, and, Yeah.
2: You where could, do you go from there?
0: <laughs> yeah, because you could just put the freaking ballad or whatever yeah. after this, the yeah. weird song. But they were like, nope, we're going to put another freaking pop song. Uh, I love it. I think it's super cool. Um, that, that pre-chorus before the second chorus is basically a chorus that we only get one time in the song. It's really good. The whole, uh, well, what part is that? Uh, the I keep my jealousy close cause it's all mine. That whole thing is basically a pre-chorus that they only do once. Right. Yep. And, uh, no, they, they do it one more time after the, but either way, it's kind of a cool, I don't know. They just do some cool stuff, uh, with melodies and then go like, that's all you get. You get it that one time. That's cause right. I've got, cause I got more great melodies coming at you. Um, that's I don't know I just'm I'm, I'm certainly jealous of the ability to uh write have two songs back to back on an album that are that good and honestly we're gonna go to track six now which is also I think pretty good yeah. I've got a dark alley and a bad idea that says you should shut your mouth parentheses summer song we could have just called it summer song guys Heartland. Chris Monier, what are your thoughts on uh, this song that I'm not going to repeat the title of again? (laughs) I refuse to do it.
1: Read the whole thing and the parentheses (laughs) and emphasize the parentheses and let everyone know each parenthesis. Mood change, which Mm -hmm. I'm all about, because you almost wouldn't expect that from a band like this. You'd be like, they're just going to keep ringing this bell over and Mm -hmm. over, whole album. Um, Wouldn't have put it past them, and they didn't do it. it. It's kind of a basic song like for all the complicated stuff that was happening before. And the, you know, um, it's like a pop ballad though. Um, and then the way everything gets brought together at the end, um, to tie everything up, Patrick, dude, this guy can clearly going to be a great songwriter. I mean, you could see that in the moment and he's had a prolific songwriting career. I don't know if you guys know, he does like, um, cartoon stuff. Like he did stuff for, um, Uh, Big Hero and the Spider Man series. Yes, very prolific writer. He never stops, and we, we all know that those are the ones that. that And that's what he
0: wanted to do. That's why he didn't want to do, the be the spokesperson for the band because he was like, no, I like sitting on my computer and making music. That's what like I'm happy doing, and that's what I'm good at doing. And to know your strengths and weaknesses, and I mean, he's clearly like, I mean a lot of creative people like that are the introverts in the band anyway so yeah let the bass player be the guy like it doesn't I like that they switched that I mean it doesn't have to be the lead singer it almost always is but it doesn't have to be and I think that's a good I mean we were in a band like that our lead singer didn't like doing that stuff and Chris and I were those people but we weren't a gigantic band like this either and no one you know in interviews people didn't want to talk to us (laughs) Or whatever but we were the people talking to kiddos um and that's fine I think it's great that they figured that out like hey I can write lyrics and be the spokesperson and you can just sit there and write all the music you want to in GarageBand and um gosh t- GarageBand just I know we've talked about this before but it just revolutionized being able to write and record like get the ideas out of your head and onto that thing, you know, cause before, you little task cam track tape. The machine was like a nightmare to work with. And all of a sudden you've got this thing that's free on the computer that you own yep. and you can do as many tracks as you want to. And it's got built in amps and instruments. And we used it all the time on the road. You literally plug in a little MIDI keyboard and you know, plug a guitar straight into it. It's it was unbelievable to be able to have that tool. And I remember reading an interview with him where he was like, I'm just in GarageBand all the time, I'm just like in there making songs, like that's what I do in the dressing room. Uh, you know, and it paid off. He got way better as a songwriter because of it. So, Apple, kudos for GarageBand, you made all of our lives better. <laughs> I think. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on the track?
2: Um, I hate this song. <gasps> really, I hate it. Oh, I think it's terrible. Um, oh. I actually, I'm going to say I'm going to say what I wanted to say, and and, and I'm I need to be brave right now. Be brave, be brave and brave. do it. I'm going to disagree, um, but be brave. Well, for one, I was going to say that uh, Patrick can't save all your lyrics, Pete. <laughs> um, and uh, that's a fair point. I was <laughs> going to say not only is this a crap sandwich, but it's a side of tater turds.
0: Oh. <laughs> wow. Dude, I do not like this. Let me defend my stance. Well, let me let you stance. finish your okay. stance before I argue here, here tooth and nail.
2: Here it is. In this, this is just a me thing. Out of all the songs that are on this record, everything sounds so great. You could easily convince me that. Pete was like, hey, so uh, I've been working on these lyrics, Patrick, what do you think of these? And like, oh, I don't know. Why don't you guys play a little something? Let's jam on it for a second and we'll just record it and see what happens. Like, it sounds like he is making the words up as he goes to this song. (laughs) And it drives me insane. Well, now the clip that you played is absolutely the best part of the song, in my opinion. The, um, oh, the record's, Keep skipping. Won't stop spinning. Yeah, or won't, or won't stop, won't stop skipping, yeah. and the yeah. lines just like won't stop that. Slipping. That part of the song, I really like. All the rest of it sounds improv to me, and I can't stand it. And I blame, I blame Pete.
0: Well, okay, so I, okay, awesome. I love this song. <laughs> I mean, like, first of all, I mean, I'm always in for the bummer song. Like, I I joke that one of my favorite genres of music is like sad English bands. <laughs> Like uh, Bears Den and, uh, you know, bands like that that just kind of have this sad, like it just sounds like it's raining outside the whole time they're writing. Um, I like that sometimes, not all the time, but like I tend to gravitate toward those sort of not not ballady. because this isn't really a ballad It's like kind of a sad song, mid-tempo kind of thing. I gravitate towards those. I will admit that mostly it's the song part of it that I gravitate towards and not Like It's the chords, it's the melody, it's not the lyrics. Because honestly, I had paid almost no attention to the lyrics of this song, other than I did like, I do like the record won't stop skipping. The chorus is great lyrics, but I do agree the verses like as I'm looking at them right now, are not great. Like the like joke me something awful, just like kisses on the necks of best friends in quotes. I don't know what you're trying to say, but I think you're being too clever by half, maybe, on the verses. Yeah. So you're clearly clever more into lyrics than I am. And so bad lyrics will ruin a song for you. And they have to be very bad to ruin a song for me. I think this is great. And I think that does anyone know I, I couldn't find anything that said like does Patrick write the songs and then like, and Pete fits lyrics into it? Or is it more of a Bernie Topp and Elton John thing where he writes the lyrics and then Patrick's like forming the song around those lyrics. I don't know which direction they go. I was always under the impression that
2: that's that at the beginning of this band, that's what it was like. It was lyrics for two records. And then
0: Patrick's writing a song around it. Yes. I mean, that would make sense because I could see why, uh, the lyrical content of the song ends up being a more chill song. And like you know, I've never written a song like that. It would be fun to try. Like I've never had the chance to have lyrics in front of me that don't have a song to them. Uh, yeah. Sounds kind of fun. I, I maybe incredibly hard. I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
2: well, there are plenty of people probably, that do it.
1: You've probably got the bones of a song, like a few song ideas in your head, especially if you're Patrick, you're somebody who's probably just always writing. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah, man, that would be interesting though.
0: But I so I, I I think your points are valid. Uh, but I, I think it's so far from a crap sandwich, because I, I really love it. I think it's a great Not just a crap sandwich. Now it's please. it's a bummer song, not a summer song. It's really interesting to me that it's called Summer Song, and it's like, um, what? There's nothing that makes me want to roll the windows down <laughs> on this song. Yeah. And uh and and but I do love it. I think it's great. And I think it's uh I as far as track order goes it's in the right spot like we're, we just came off like some kind of bangers and uh, and this doesn't feel like too it's not too far off like it's a chiller song but it's not like here we are sitting on stools with acoustic guitars or something um, which I generally don't like man that is I would not I did not see a couple of these opinions coming guys <laughs> I mean I know there's no way we haven't talked about this before I'm sure but I did not. Well, yeah, because
1: I'm maybe I'm not right the individual. In you guys, like, I'm not like I don't love it. I don't hate it. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's it's not skippable. And then Man, Kyle's like, I writing uh... a documentary about how this is the worst <laughs> song ever made.
0: And you know what's really funny, Kyle? I just looked at my notes because so often I do the same thing as you, Chris, on an album like this. I love. I'm like they're there, but I'm hardly paying attention to them. yeah. yeah I yeah. literally wrote in my note, I actually think this is some of the better lyrics on the album. <laughs> So, so I, I must just like gravitate. I mean, I obviously you're way more clever than me when it comes to lyrics, Kyle. So maybe that's what it is, is that like you, you are way more into a clever lyric and, and you, I think you just care more about that. And I'm like, whatever gets this song done and doesn't sound completely stupid, I will deal. I will, I will settle on the lyrics. i I'm just not very good at it. I feel like, but, uh, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's where our difference is, but it is interesting. You can have two totally <laughs> different opinions about the same song uh, for different reasons. Okay, let's go to track seven, which is Seven Minutes in Heaven," another parenthetical track. Of, uh, wait, out of Van out of Halen, Van. out of Van Halen. Gosh, these guys drive me crazy. Here we go. I know that might seem like a boring clip to pick, but like that bridge is cool. Like there's oh a God, lot awesome. of cool like- chord changes and melodies and gosh, it's cool. Uh Kyle, what are your thoughts on this one? Love it. Freaking awesome. Uh
2: there's a lot of great lyrics in this one. I love that guitar part that we got a taste of at the end of that clip. The I mean, would you would you technically say that he's is he scatting? Is that is that a scat? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
0: What
1: we, we say,
2: scat man?
0: That it's 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 tiptoeing there to the line, he's, but I wouldn't yeah, say it's scatting. Because if it was scatting, own. I might be uh, I'm out. See pre-scatting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the gateway drug to scatting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever he's doing is close to it. Um, yeah, uh, this
1: is, is the he, kind of stuff is he that I
0: skiddly bebopping. He could be. That
2: might it's, be. It's
1: definitely the pop punk scatting. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, you, it's not freestyle. You just say the same thing over and again, but it's nonsense. I, I <sighs> love how, I feel like this song
2: changes quite a bit from uh, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, but I like every part of it, and it somehow works. Um,
0: I, I'm a fan of this one. Yeah, I... I think it's good. And I agree. Like you almost can't tell which parts are what, like I'm reading the lyrics and what it calls a a chorus. I would call the pre-chorus and then what they call a post-chorus, I would call the chorus, but it's, they're all good. Like you could really mistake one of them for a chorus and stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's a good song and um, uh, just really good bridge. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I also think the intro to the song is like, you could almost call it a Fallout Boy intro. Like it's got a Fallout Boy sound to it. Uh, I am just saying that. Cause like they do have some distinct things about them that make them Oh that, yeah, you know, sound like Fallout Boy. Yeah. Um and um that yeah, the double hook to the pre chorus to the chorus where you're just like, This is all so great. This could have been two choruses. Right. Two yeah. Songs. It's like
0: you could have saved one for another song, but instead it's like, no, and, I'm just gonna keep writing awesome melodies.
1: And you know, Brandon Urey. In the background there, I'm not. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out who's who. He's he's singing in the background, right? That's Brady. I Ury. believe so. Yeah, oh. this was like his first time in the studio. Was when he came in to help them with this song.
2: Indistinguishable.
1: But yeah, I was gonna say I can't <laughs> tell where he's.
0: Yeah, it is <laughs> like you gotta wonder.
2: Patrick's
1: like, "Hey, you guys want to meet the guy that just bought my new house?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, well, can he sing all... on this
1: song? It was all Pete, I, my, though, I, my...
0: right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Pete. yeah. You gotta wonder, like, I, I." <laughs> that was such an obvious what was happening there and uh, that like they were like here's this band that's trying to sound like us i'm going to sign them to my little indie imprint and make all the money off of them if they're going to rip me off i'm at least going to make money off it yeah. um but it was just always so weird to me how similar they sounded um yeah they I'm, they changed no oh, but definitely. i mean no for sure but this at this point it was we're all in on sounding like patrick stump and to be fair a lot of people think patrick stump sounds a lot like uh our friend jamie wolford from the stereo i mean a lot of people that was kind of because he does because he does (laughs) (laughs) it's because he does Uh, by the way i don't think i mentioned this but the stereo have put out a single right well they did and they put out a little podcast about like that kind of history of the band and stuff. So oh, check that out. Cool. If you haven't heard of the stereo, they're a great band that like every, I feel like every band knew and liked and like alt press was all about them and stuff like that. And fallout boy certainly was influenced by them. Like without a doubt. I mean, you, yeah. you talk about the bands that came after fallout boy. So, I mean, I'm going to give the credit to the, to the stereo and Jamie Wolford for all these bands that came after fallout boy. Cause without the stereo, I don't think you have fallout boy. I, I, I would say it's the, they I would I would listen to that and say that they it seems like the single biggest influence I think that Patrick has a ton of influences of different genres uh, clearly as he goes on to write all sorts of stuff uh but yeah, the stereo is definitely an influence uh and their albums are great and uh and Jamie was our tour dad, and he taught us everything we know about things like gotta grease your bearings and uh and various other things that you gotta stay hydrated start drinking water four hours before the show all sorts of great advice so dude uh, there
1: was one time we were walking in the snow and i could have sworn i heard someone behind me and it was jamie and he said i turned around and he goes sand people walk in straight lines to hide their numbers (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's the best, the best dude. And he told me the other,
0: my other favorite thing Jamie ever did, Jamie side tangent, by the way, we got to do one of the stereo records, by the way. Uh, Oh, definitely. uh, And one of my other favorite things he did is every time he walked in like a target or whatever, he, he did the, he pretended he opened the doors with his mind. (laughs) He held out the hand like Yoda and opened every automatic door he ever went through. He did. He was like, I just have to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep. There was it, it, it's the uncanny value of, of, of humor. It's like funny, not funny, not funny, not funny. Oh, he never he does it every time. Yeah, it's nope. funny again. It's, it's always
3: funny, funny again. again. Yep,
0: <laughs> it's always funny. So uh shout out to him. Okay, let's go to track eight, uh, which is sophomore slump or comeback of the year.
3: I'll keep singing this line.
0: Chris Monnier, what are your thoughts on uh, Sophomore Slump or Comeback of the Year?
1: I, I don't want to ruin it for everybody else. Are we all going to be sharing our favorite lyrics of this song? Oh, yes. it's
0: pretty bad.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you
0: get to go first. Let's see which ones we have uh, lining up. Just take it.
1: Uh, uh, I always really like the line, uh, just the way he sang it. Uh, Make your heart swell, swell and burst. Keep singing this lie if you keep believing it. And then, you know, coming back at the end with the best part of believe is the lie. I can't, I can't decide if I love that or hate it. It's kind of cheesy. Lie is in the word believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the travel like gypsies with worse luck and far less gold. I kind of just, I can't figure out if it's good or terrible. Is that just Pete Wentz to a T right there? Like, is that, is that brilliant <laughs> or idiotic? Is this good or bad? He he really does. He really does. Like he
0: rides that line sometimes, and and honestly, most of the time, Patrick does something with it that makes it better. If that makes sense, like the way he sings it or the way the delivery. Well, that's why. Well, interesting. not, Not even just delivery, but like if, for example, it works the way we think it did, we're. Pete is writing lyrics and then Patrick is writing a song on top of it. He is making stuff work that shouldn't work. If that makes sense. I think. Uh, And the reason I'm pretty sure you're probably right that that's how it goes is because we don't get a lot of like where it feels like we crammed too many lyrics in. And I would think that if we went the opposite way, it would always, it would happen like that. Um, And I, like I said, I could be totally wrong. This one does not work though. It, it very much always sounds to me like Patrick is singing someone else's lyrics on this song. Something about the phrasing doesn't work right. Something yeah. about that line on uh, got a sunset in my veins just sounds so weird. It doesn't work. Um, and I don't know. And like, I'm with you on the believe is a lie. I, I said the exact same thing to myself. I was like, is that a good lyric
1: or is it not? Because it's kind of. I think it almost. I think you're right. I, you know, you are right. It almost gets salvaged by the delivery but well, and that part of the song it, is cool too. Absolutely, but when I just read read it out loud to you guys, I was like, ah, oh, that's weird. <laughs> this is bad.
0: Yeah, there's it's not. <laughs> it's just not great. It's it's okay. Like I think the song in general is not great. So I think it's the combination of like, it, I think it's the lesser of the songs on the record, melodically and chord and all that kind of stuff. And it's also not the best lyric one. So that's just going to be not like. Pa- Patrick's songs and melodies can sometimes just, like it wouldn't matter what Pete wrote. It would be amazing. Like Sugar, we're going down. It doesn't matter what he's saying on it. The lyrics are great on it, but that song still would have been a hit if the lyrics weren't great. And this song is okay. And so therefore, if the lyrics aren't great, it's going to just be okay. It's not a bad song. It's just okay. But, you know, some of it, we do get a little, I don't know. It's just a little bit. Blech. whatever. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Where are you, where are you at in um, it, between me and Chris?
2: It's fine. Yeah. I, I I like I like it okay. Um, I do agree that like it is one that uh is, is discombobulated. Is is that proper use? Like, yeah, it feels I think that's like, right. It, it's like it, it it doesn't quite fit all the time. But I will tell you, I do love a few of the lines. Uh, I swear I'd burn the city down to show you the light. Yeah. That's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. and also I really like. They didn't. They don't do it at the chorus um, that you played in the clip, but I believe the chorus is before it starts off straight ahead, and then it goes four on the floor the second half of the chorus, the drums, and yeah. I think that's freaking cool. Um, I, I I I'm a sucker
0: for four on the floor, um, but yeah, it, it's fine. It's it's whatever. Yeah, I mean it's an unfortunate title because if I had to pick one of the two, I'd say sophomore song for this song. <laughs> Uh, no, not for the Patrick. album as a whole.
1: Maybe Patrick yeah. was like, "You should also say uh, sophomore slump." <laughs> yeah, it'd be
0: nice if the lyrics or the it'd titles be had anything to do with most of these songs, but they don't for the most part, which was also kind of a shtick. So, okay, let's go to number nine. A title I actually do kind of like: uh, "Champagne for My Real Friends, Real Pain for My Sham Friends." <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh this song that I'm not going to say the title of again.
2: Man, uh, honestly, I'm in I'm I feel like for me, I'm in the exact same boat as I as I was in the last song. If I was going to say there was a lull in this record, maybe it's these two songs. It's fine. It's there's some good there's some things that I like about it. Um I'm just not I mean, dude, they come out what? We get 6 songs. That are incredible at the beginning of this record. That just back to back to back are, are well
0: great. five because you called one a. Tater
3: no,
0: that that, no, that was seven.
3: that's track that
1: was six. Track seven. That's track six. Yeah, seven is seven. Seven minutes in heaven. And heaven.
0: seven minutes in heaven. Six is I got a dark alley. Okay, well,
1: but, 5 uh, songs. we'll call
0: five. Yeah, <laughs> I say six, but you know, whatever. and
2: and so and so, I I mean, I I don't hate it. It's just fine um and i want and we're picking back up so um yeah yeah i think
0: it's fair chris what are your thoughts on it
1: this song is you know love the title great great song title great title um great title. The, the song has a little bit of an odd feel to it to me so i don't love it or hate it um i did i'm glad you played the bridge i wrote this is the 2006 bridge this is the only bridge we did in 2006 <laughs> <laughs> Because it really is just like, that's the
0: one we did. Yeah, you distorted go
1: drums. Right, right. right. Go to the clean guitar. Like, a- atmospheric in the back of the room. Yep. yep. That's all. Yep. We all That could have been a bridge it. for the Academy is Blink-182. Um, yeah. Yep.
2: yeah. Honestly, this is the most Blink-182 thing they've done. Honestly, yeah. all they
0: needed to do to make it 100% Blink-182 is put that piano, that delayed uh. piano <laughs> in the background. If they would have had a delayed <laughs> piano part on this, it would have been like, sealed the deal. We all did it. Yep. We all it did it. Um, it was like, this is the bridge you write in the studio. I mean, and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, we don't have a bridge yet. And you literally just make it up. And that happens all the time. Well, all the you time. Just vibe on it. Yeah. And, and I like it though. I actually like this song, but I do agree. We're in the lull. I mean, I think that's an absolutely fair thing to say, Kyle. Um, but I wanted to give a good example of what I think. Keep in mind, totally speculating on how this works. If Pete in fact does write the lyrics first, I think the pre-chorus with your backless black dress soaked to the skin, that's a great example of a decent lyric that the way he phrases it and the melody that's going along with it, it is killer. Like it sounds so cool the way he's bouncing around and, and, and so that's awesome. Like I'm, I'm into the fact that if that's the way that went, um, but even if it went the other way, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to just be like, pa, 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 and then him to come up with the lyrics. But I think it's more clever to go the other way around. I like, maybe I just think that cause I've never done it and it sounds hard, but, um, now,
2: but also don't you think that, um, the, at least, uh, everyone is trying, everyone is shining. Like that part feels awkward to me. Like he's trying to like, Patrick was trying to fit what he was saying and then the everyone deserves the
0: flames, but it's such a shame. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I this, none of that bothers me in this song. Like, I like it. I agree. It's not my favorite song on the record. I think it's better than the last song for sure. Um, I really like the back half of that chorus with the the part you just sang that everybody's trying, everybody's trying. I yeah. I really like that part. Uh, maybe it's more the lyrics and I mean, maybe it's more the melody and what's going on in the song than it is. Uh, lyrics and stuff, but I like it. I think there's a lot of cool melodic stuff going on. I'm, but I'm not super impressed by the lyrics, but they don't bother me either. There's nothing one in this one that makes me roll my eyes.
1: Yeah. Just yeah. Me. That's a, hey, good point. That, that's the bar set kind of low, but hey. Yeah. I mean, that, and
0: that's, I'm being, <laughs> I'm being extra critical because that's what we, I mean, it would be boring if all we did was sit here and go, great song.
1: No, no. I, on to the right, next one. No no i don't think i yeah, think for the most part song. it's
0: just eh, yeah pete Wentz does not care what i think about his lyrics but uh he doesn't even know I exist for it, right like yeah. that's the thing he he's
2: um he doesn't care what we think he swings he he, he swings absolutely he swings. and when, when you're when you're a heavy hitter you you either hit it over the fence or you strike out and that's his batting average is
0: pretty good it's yeah. not it's not like he's striking out all the time. He has ones that do make me roll my eyes, but that was well like putt too. You know what I mean? Like
1: Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, you, you, Chris. I always take that from you because you always say that about saying stuff that you think might be funny, and then it, when it doesn't land, sometimes you're like, ah, can't bat a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, gotta throw it out
0: there. You gotta swing, but right. uh, yeah.
1: can't bat yeah, you a thousand. Can't be, you can't be funny if you keep it in your head. You gotta yep. try.
0: Gotta say it out loud. <laughs> okay. Uh, track ten. I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy, and all I got was this stupid song written about me. Here we go. Can't cover We got some saves the day lyric vibes on that verse. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Kind of.
2: It's sick. like you're looking at my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yep. <laughs> I, I, I wrote,
0: Somebody's Building a Hair Doll. <laughs> <laughs> the fingernail line specifically is like. It's gross. <laughs> I, what I want to know is is this something he did or considered doing? Or is this just. Is this all. Uh, braggadocious or something or, or like what what like, what makes you write that lyric like there's something you need
2: to know about Pete and and, and acknowledge and it's this is it that, that everyone he, on the internet has seen his penis no it's <laughs> okay. not it's close to that he has a nightmare before Christmas tattoos oh yeah <laughs> you're right okay and, and there you have it that's
1: that should have been the end right there
2: and you know exactly <laughs> what I mean
3: by that <laughs>
1: um That's yeah funny. i, I mean, didn't know that where like, on his penis, like i think in a prominent a, spot
2: probably on his penis yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, We're we the inner, inner thigh like only some people see <laughs> no it? it's on his arm like, i think right on right in the money makers yeah. all right i think man. it's right on the arm the old job stopper huh all right
0: oh yeah. uh, i mean it worked out fine for him um no he's doing just fine he's doing great uh yeah i mean Yeah, that's a it's we we go to a different place on the lyrics on this on this song um, that is not like the rest of them. Uh, And I I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's a little weird, right? I'm not wrong. Super (laughs) weird lyrics,
2: but I am into the energy of the song.
0: No, it's a cool song. And it's the most. um, Amen. Is it the most Take This to Your Grave song on this whole album? Totally. Yeah. 100%. Sounds like it could have been a leftover song from Take This to Your Grave.
1: I, I also hear like an homage to the New Jersey Long Island emo sound. Yeah. Like he's yeah, it, yeah, like that. brand new guitar tone at the say you know, the lyrics. I know we know Pete's a fan of those bands. So
2: douse yourself in cheap perfume. That is uh, the, the what is it? The way you are can't cover it up. That's a great line.
0: Yeah, I do like that line. That's good. Um, But the, the fingernail stuff. I'm sorry. I can't get that past. is weird. It's very weird. Um, and and send it to your family. That's the weird part. Yep. Like, what yep. are you murdering this person and then taunting the, the family with pieces of her hair and fingernails? I'm very confused. Um, and obviously, yeah, you, he's I going through some that, dark stuff. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. who am I to? I'm glad that he's. I mean, I assume he's better. I mean, I'm glad he's alive. I, I don't ever want anyone to take their own life. Uh, yeah, I think never. it's a waste. Uh, and obviously, he's a talented guy, and I'm glad he's still around. And I'm glad we have this record and the ones that come after it. So, uh, but probably in a little bit of a dark place if you're talking about uh, sending people's fingernails to their family. Um, yeah, so let's just <laughs> go on. <laughs> let's go on to a little less 16 Candles, a little more Touch Me. <laughs> Chris Monier, where are you at on this track?
1: I dig this song. It's a perfect... I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, it's the third single, but it's a perfect pop-punk song. It's well done. Everything's tied up in a nice little package. It sounds great. Bridge is a little. Uh, Bridge feels a little phoned into me, even though I really like the, the very beginning of it um, and the bass and the chugging guitars... Averon just nailed it. Yeah, you know, we haven't talked a lot about the production actually. Which is no, we haven't. But but I, I it stood out to me on this album that I felt like they you know sonically they they did some work to make something that you know maybe wasn't super exciting. Kyle, you made a similar point earlier. There's nothing super exciting happening here. Like there's no like crazy amount of instrumentation. Um, but when it's just the guitar and bass and they and you just listen to it in good headphones, it sounds sounds freaking good. awesome.
0: Yeah, I I'm so I. Uh, a sort of common theme on this record is the for lack of what it probably is actually called I call it the 60s drum beat Boom cat oh, yeah. just cuz it's all over songs in the 60s but i mean it's like a nice thing going on throughout the record um yep. and it gives it a feel and this song definitely has like the most of that vibe um kind of throughout it i i dig it and like I just I, like I said i think Andy's a great drummer And But I'm glad he dialed it back for this record. Um, I think that it makes the songs better, Um, even though he's probably super bored when he's playing a song like this that's just... You know, um, nothing crazy technical going on in it, but it makes the song better, I think, than uh, trying to fill in every gap uh, with fills and stuff. Um, And I like it, and I, I assume that was... Obviously a purposeful decision I would assume by not just him, but I would assume Producer and Patrick and Other stuff, and I like that they I I mean, clearly Patrick's Very influenced by like stuff like Motown And 60s stuff, and so And 60s rock and roll and stuff, and I I Like that they decided, hey, let's Use some of those influences uh, To kind of carve out our Own thing, and I feel like this is a good Example of, even though it's not like the best song on the record I think it's a good song Uh, I didn't know this was a single, I guess, Um, but Um, I just, I like the bounciness that comes with that beat and this whole record. Cause the other one felt more frantic. Take this to your grave felt like we were going really fast the whole time. Um, and this one feels kind of bouncy, like, and I like it. It makes me feel very summer windows down driving around. And I think that this is a good example of a lot of those production choices in one song. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? I completely agree. I love, I love the bounce. Um, I,
2: I love all the lyrics to the chorus on this one. Uh, I don't, I I don't blame you for being you, but you can't blame me for hating. Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: (laughs) I like that. He's redeemed himself from the fingernail lines of the last song. Um, that's pretty good. it, It
2: is a great line. And then also I, I find myself being drawn to lines that I don't, I don't know. I don't, want to go as far as to say that it's clever it's just relatable the i'll set my clocks early because i know i'm always late it's like yeah i've freaking done that you know what i mean like you just it's it's a relatable line simple but you get the point um i really like this one it's it's it i think chris said it's it's a perfect pop punk song it's 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 a lot of fun
0: yeah i think it's a i think it's a good song and we're getting towards the last two songs uh track 12 get busy living or get busy dying parentheses for those of you counting the third parenthetical title do your part to save the scene and stop going to shows here we go so- Let's go to you first. What are your thoughts on the really long song title? I'm not going to say again. Um, Man, I
2: I really like this song. I love the clip that you played because I've, I haven't seen them live. That's got to be tons of fun to sing live if you're there, right? And I wonder if Pete can... I, I, I wonder if it sounds that good live. I'm curious. Um, I also love what it transitions into because it sounds so much like... Um, fastballs the way
0: it's got that vibe. Whoa. It does have that vibe, <laughs> which is <laughs> also jungle. very much that sixties jangle vibe. Kind yeah. of think yeah. I love that first record of theirs. It's really good. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I dig this one and, and, uh, and I, okay. So here's a question. I I've listened to it straight through. I didn't skip around. Is the, is it the end of this song when he's doing the poem or is it the beginning of the next song?
0: Mm, it's the end of this song. It is It is the end of this yes. one?
2: Okay, well then, so my. I guess my only complaint is there is a lot happening on this song, but I do enjoy it.
1: Yeah.
0: Chris, so. where are you at on it?
1: I, I wrote down specifically that I love the mood and the big jingly 60s guitars, uh, you know, I, that, that vibe I'm all about, um, and the ending bridge breakdown, um, which I think is what you played. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah, that's good stuff. I like it. I'm into it. So I
0: hate <laughs> spoken word stuff and songs. I just yeah. hate it. I have never liked it. I don't You're know to be without you guy. No. I just <laughs> I, I just I don't know why. I just it always has bothered me. um and I also don't really like anything close to screaming and this is like trying to get I get what their influences are. but this is yeah. so out of left field. For the rest of this record. It is. And I hate it. Uh, now, I really don't hate <laughs> the song. I just hate the bridge. Because really, going out of the bridge into that chorus is awesome. Like, I really like that last chorus. And I like some of the vibes of the song. It's very, yeah, kind of 60s, jangly, um, uh, almost like birds-ish or something like that. Uh, anyway, Um but I, I'm just—I really do hate this spoken word stuff and the bridge, and I just—it's just not for me. I know a lot of people love it and eat it up, but it would be also different to me if you did this all the time. But like to just throw it in on the penultimate track, it feels very much like well, we wanted to do this because this is something we like to do, um, and we're gonna squeeze it in the record before we get through it, and it just feels kind of like well, it doesn't really fit the whole rest of the record. That bridge does not fit with the rest of it. So that's I, that's I, my other reason for not liking it. But you can disagree with me, Kyle. No, no, I, I don't. I, I absolutely agree that it's weird. I just happen to like it. Yeah, that's and fine. I
2: will t- and I will tell you that it does... It also very much fits the narrative. I can't, I cannot tell you how many times. For every time I heard that Pete Wentz was the lyricist, I also heard that he was in a hardcore band and he just got tired of making hardcore music oh, and decided God. to uh, yeah, be I a punk time, band, yeah. Wanted to be a pop punk band, and it's like, okay. And so I feel like this song is like showcasing that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. look.
0: Right, but like edge. there's a reason you didn't your hardcore band is not <laughs> um popular. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I think yeah. just end it. If that didn't work or you know, whatever. And you can love that music, but like I just it's weird to throw it in here because that's like a huge part of the music you love. Um without a doubt, everyone's influenced by stuff that sounds nothing like what they end up being, but you shouldn't that doesn't mean you like because you loved I don't know. I can think of a million things like that where, like, the songs I write, like, it wouldn't be, like, I, you know, whatever. I like. not. A, it wouldn't be a good choice for you to It wouldn't be a good choice to be like, there. well, yeah. but I really grew up loving sax solos in yeah. Billy Joel. I don't know. That, that's a, like, <laughs> in the 2000s. <laughs> not
2: that that's ever the wrong
0: thing no, to do. No, it's not. It's, sax solos are always a good idea, but it would have been, always. you would have gotten some weird looks in 2005 if you put a sax solo. Yeah. There was a lull there uh, where they were banned, well, but they're back. They're back. They're all. There awesome. was a
2: time where people pretended not to like right. Sex, so. Yeah, that's
0: it. Well, yeah. I would just. I would like any solos to be in songs at this point. I feel like we've lost all the solos. Um, all right, let's go to the very last track. Technically, the shortest title. We'll say EXO. Um, here we go. Let's do it. There's Bonnier's air guitar in. That's a good sign. Uh, what are your thoughts on it,
1: dude? Those chord changes are straight magic. They're great. That, Patrick is brilliant, and yeah. it's this is for me. This is like his goodbye kiss. He's like, hey, by the way, I'm gonna be awesome forever. <laughs> like, because <laughs> it's freaking epic. Uh, yeah, great clip.
0: Thanks. This is an amazing uh,
1: song. This is how you end an album. I feel like that should be an award too. Yes, it <laughs> yeah.
0: should be. Kyle, uh, where are you at on XO?
2: I mean, I, I really, I, I can't really add much to that. I, I other than I completely agree. Um, the freaking Strokes-esque guitar tone on the on that driving guitar part uh, uh, underneath, freaking awesome. And actually, I say underneath, but it's pretty it's pretty prominent in in comparison to some of the other songs. Um, yeah. Freaking
0: awesome. Great song. Way, way to stick the landing. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's such a good last track. It's got all the things I want. It's like soaring. It makes me want to immediately start the record over again. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just got, again, I don't think there's not like a wasted minute of this song. Um, it's kind of weird that like you, when it starts, you don't really, it doesn't sound at the beginning of this song, like it's going where it ends you don't know up know where going. You don't know where it's going. Yeah. Um, uh, cause it just kind of like, jugga, 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 you know, that kind of chugging guitar. And, but I mean, gosh, it just goes to a lot of great places. And, um, I just love the vocals on it. And I think it's a great ending track. I think it's one of the one of the better ending tracks on albums we've talked about so far. I mean, and we've talked about some really good end tracks, but this is up there with like the best of them. I, this is on, uh, this song is on more playlist of mine than their other songs on this record. Cause I just love it. It's a really good song. And, uh, but I don't have any, it's hard for me to say why I like it. It's just great. It's just, it makes me feel things that I like. So, um, is
2: it, is it a sacred heart song?
0: Oh, I think it could be. Yeah, I mean the end. The for end sure, is right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. You come in at yeah, the bridge or something. It's so. definitely. Yeah, I could never call these. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think you're it. right. It's the. <laughs> but I always <laughs> agree. I'm always like, "Yep, you you were right." I think it's the Sacred Heart song. I think that's totally fair. All right, let's go to lasting impressions, fellas. Does it hold up, Kyle? Definitely, and I I actually
2: think, you know, as as much. As much as we like to or I I shouldn't throw you guys in uh with me. As much as I like to joke about Pete and, you know, all the attention that he that he got, uh, in hindsight, it's like, man, this this band is great. This is a great record. Um, it still sounds great. I, I, I don't think I'm certain that I did not give them the credit that they deserved back then.
0: Yeah. Um I think that's it, totally it, fair. So I feel the same way. I feel like I might like it more now than I did then just because it was so popular. Um, And it's it's easy to get burnt out on those songs that you were hearing just all the time everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, with a little bit of space, I'm just like, yeah, I know why they were played all the time because they're awesome. Like, (laughs) this record's really good. You know, it has a little bit of lull like we talked about. There's like, you know, there's two or three songs that I could be like, they're okay, like they're not, um, but overall, it's a great album, and I think it. I think it holds up. Mostly, I'm impressed by like how that grunge guitar sound, which I don't actually, I don't like that guitar tone. It's not my favorite uh, in general, which is why I yeah. didn't like a lot of the grunge from the '90s. Actually, it's like I just really didn't like that sound, um, but it works really well for this record, and and I'm glad they. I'm glad the guitars on this don't sound like everything else that came out in 2005. I think it makes it stand out more then, and it certainly makes it, I think, stand out more now and not just blend into all the other pop punk albums or sort of emo stuff that came out that year uh, or they about uh, that time. Um, so I actually, I, I just think it's a good record. Chris, where, where are you at? You think it holds up?
1: Yeah, I dude, I really enjoyed listening to this this week. I'm um, I, I, I also share your opinion, Blake. I think it's grown on me over the years, um, and I, um, yeah, I like it better than I did before. There was a lot of cynicism. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Uh, with it, it, in my own heart, uh, from a bad place when I listened for the first time. Yeah, you know, maybe a little jealousy, trying to make it myself. Yeah. Uh, upon upon listening to it with with these old ears i i really had fun i listened to i think i listened to this one one of the most times in a row that i've listened to any of the albums we've done in a while might be because we got a little delayed but hey might also be because it's great
0: no yeah. i listened to it a ton too because honestly i had not spun it in a long time a lot of these yeah. songs from this record are like on i've got like a three four and five star playlist that just basically any song that's pretty good is on there and so there's a lot of these songs in there, but I normally am shuffling through that when I just can't decide what to listen to. It's really the first time I'd listened to the full record in a while. And I just remember being like, well, wow, well, that's, this is actually like, I'm really enjoying this. And, I, and like I said, it just kept being in my head and I kept listening to it. Um, I think it does hold up. I think the, yeah, I think it, in, in more than one way. Um, and we like to dig on the lyrics a little bit, <laughs> but you know, that would be the only mark I can really find against this and a slight lull of a couple songs that I didn't love. But really, other than that, it's a banger. Um, is it their best album? Kyle, I think you're probably the best person to ask about this because I think you've you're more familiar with the whole catalog. Honestly, I fell off pretty hard after the next one. Um but, but okay, so but you oh but so I have listen listened to-, to like I listened to is infinity it save rock and, and roll high. yeah yeah infinity and on save high, rock i love and roll. i listen to save rock and roll what and about fully you do i i did not listen to that in this last couple of weeks again so i probably need to go for that right that's that's a that's a great one oh. dude like honestly
2: i think because uh, the new fallout boy records like uh I, I actually really enjoy uh save rock and roll and and that's what so that's what i was going to say earlier is like in hindsight, I didn't give them enough credit at the time, but I really grew to love this band. And this was the beginning of that for me. But they also currently are more I would say in in not at all this this sounds like uh a criticism. It's not, but they're kind of hit makers now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you listen to their new record, like they're yeah, they're they're placing songs in movies. You know what I this mean? This is,
0: I mean, this is the evolution of most bands if they're around for 20 yes. years.
2: Yes. And so I would say that, uh, whether I, I don't, I always question if it's folly ado or folly ado, but that we'll, record will we'll accept either. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that one, um, is I think kind of the perfect blend of the two. It's just really good songwriting, but maybe not just, Pumping out the hits, you know what I mean? Like, um, but save rock and roll is really good. And Infinity on High is incredible.
0: I really like I mean, Infinity they, on High. Yeah. This is
2: this record is the beginning of of four solid records.
0: Yeah. So. um I normally ask, is it their most important album? I mean, I don't know how it couldn't be, considering Dirt. it sells seven million copies and launches them um, you know, into a being one of the biggest bands. In the world yeah. at the time um, So I don't know We got mistaken for deal? Fall Out Boy one time And it was weird um, Lots of people were following us Like to the bathroom and I was like, who do you think we are? <laughs> Fall Out Boy, I'm like, I'm not I Have promise you seen you. them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but y'all are in a band, yeah A non-famous band So, uh, lay off uh, Yeah, I mean, they were just huge I mean uh, And uh, good for them Okay, so this is gonna be more fun than I thought it was gonna be. Desert Island songs, two or three of your favorites. Kyle, you're going first. Ooh. Um, okay.
3: Don't be a go... cheater and pick
0: four like Chris did either. No, okay. I'll I'll just pick three. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm gonna go sugar, we're going down. Um Dance, Dance, and
0: uh XO. That's that's a good good choice, Chris. Where are you at? What are your 2 or 3? <laughs> I, I don't even say 2 anymore. Let's just let's just say 3 cuz it's never three, 2. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh for me it's our lawyer made us change this made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. One. Um sugar we're going down and uh, it's hard for me the last one. I'm EXO. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, so
1: I've got, like, four marked,
0: and I'm trying to decide what
1: the fifth. What right. I, I was having trouble with the last one. Yeah.
0: I am sugar, we're going down, and nobody puts baby in a corner, for sure. Um, and it's super hard for me to pick between I've got a dark alley and a bad idea and XO, but I think I'm going to go, I've got a dark alley, and a bad idea, just to go against Kyle. <laughs> just to be <laughs> just a contrarian. To be, yeah, <laughs> just to be contrarian. No, I mean, I really did have it, and it really was like, how do I pick between that and XO? They're just so different for the way I feel when I listen to them. Um It's, yeah, it's hard not to pick XO, because that song is fantastic, but I think I'm going for those three in a row, and the fact that they're in a row, too, is... I think pretty special. That's uh yeah. That's three really good tracks. Even though Kyle was not as big a fan of that one. Okay, nobody's perfect. What's the worst song in the album, Chris?
1: I mean, I was that for me. It. It. You can't say dance dance because that's just a no, personal vendetta. I don't think you can say it's that. Obviously, yeah. uh, a a really good song. Um. But uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to pass on this one. Some of these some of these are I almost wanna say sophomore slump, cause some of the cheesy lyrics. That's what I'm going with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with that too. I think okay. it's <laughs> I think and I don't think it's like especially bad. I just think it's the weakest song yeah. on the record. I think that um it's just okay. It's fine. Kyle, where are you at? Are we gonna three p oh, here? On. No, no, no! no I, I've got
2: a dark alley. You got oh. <laughs> yeah,
3: Is this
0: the this first track. time one of us has had a track as our desert island song, and someone else has it as their crap sandwich? Maybe We're growing like on a show or not. I mean, nobody's perfect. I f- and I also feel like I feel like you're trying
2: to take uh, tater turds from me, Blake. Oh yeah, you keep <laughs> Sorry, You keep neglecting turds. to mention
0: that. <laughs> uh, I just I think that is pretty harsh. Tater turds <laughs> is like there are. This album is too good to have a song that you say <laughs> is tater turds. Um, but you know what? How about this? Uh,
2: <laughs> in, in 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 all seriousness, I probably went a little harsh because of 15 years of night drive hate that i've received from the two of
0: you <laughs> it's um, okay it's totally fine so so it's a valid opinion uh, you know
3: <laughs>
0: um yeah i mean i think that's that's totally fair okay what about growing on a shower kyle it's
2: dance dance
0: like truly okay. i
2: i hated it when i first heard it and i love it now
0: i mean it made it made
2: my
1: it made my desert island
0: chris what about you
1: XO for me, I don't think I appreciated it at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just kind of was getting excited about going back to the pop, pop, punk songs. This one was a little deep for me, but it's freaking epic.
0: Yeah, I think mine is the opening track. Our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't nice. get sued. I think it's not that I didn't like it. I think I just, after having it in my head so much, and uh, there's some cool parts and stuff, and I think I just, I think it grew on me. I still don't think it's... Better than like the next four or five songs, um, right? But I think it grew on me, so I think that's that's pretty good. Um That's it for us. Thanks for listening again. If you like what you hear, you can give us a glowing review on iTunes. We we appreciate that. You can also subscribe on things what you know, be it Spotify, iTunes, any of those things that you play. Uh, we've got a couple people. I look at the the analytics for the podcast. A couple of you that watch listen to it on an iPad. Good for you. If you're that listener cool. listening to an iPad. Kind of strange. Yeah, it's like I not what I picture, but hey, you know, to each their own. Uh, but you can also subscribe on that iPad. Uh, you can do it. It's allowed. Um, episodes, obviously, will then just conveniently show up if you subscribe. That's the way we like to do it. Uh, obviously, if you've got comments or disagreements or suggestions or whatever, you can email us at info at findingemopod.com, or you can find us on most of the social medias at findingemopod. Um, and we've had some fun discussions on those lately, I feel like. uh, So, yeah, keep doing that. Uh, We will catch you next time.
1: One more thing. Oh, one more thing. Forgot one more thing. Next album is going to be <clears throat> self-titled by Unwritten Law.
0: Oh, yeah. There you mm. go. Now you know. Uh, We got a little behind uh, on recording stuff. We're going to try to get caught back up and get these things releasing on a more normal two-week schedule. Life just gets in the way. Sometimes we have to... Yeah go out of town or uh, be sick or whatever. I have an ear infection for some reason. It's like like a toddler. Uh, I have an ear infection in right way. now. Uh, still not there. I'm on a second round of antibiotics. No one wants to know this stuff, but uh, now you do. Uh, so yeah, What Chris Said, that's the next album and uh, we'll catch you next time.